This is Talking Asset Management with KPMG. In today's episode, we discuss the influence of technology across the operating model of hedge funds. Hello, and and thank you for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. I'm John Bazzina, a Managing Director in KPMG's Alternative Investment Practice, and today we're going to talk about the influence of technology across the operating model of hedge funds. Recently, KPMG, in conjunction with AMA, completed a worldwide hedge fund survey and published the report accelerating out of the pandemic. One of the matters that was examined as part of that was the role of technology. Now, joining me today are Paul Pisani, a Senior Director of Market Relations at KPMG, and Vikram Singh, Chief Executive Officer at EasyOps, which is an alternative investment industry technology firm. Uh, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, you know, technology really permeates all the functions within hedge funds. It, it has really enabled the industry to operate and prosper remotely during the pandemic. Paul, let me start with you. What were the lessons that were learned from the technology solutions that were deployed during the pandemic by the industry? Sure. Thank you, John. Great to be here today. Uh, The continued reliance on remote solutions, uh, hybrid working models, really pushed innovation further than I think we've ever seen. Uh, Globally, the hedge fund industry's operating model really continues to be reshaped by the emergence of, you know, items like alternative data, cloud computing, access to APIs, enterprise data management, uh, and obviously the ever-present uh, cybersecurity. Yeah. No, it's, it's very interesting what, um, what, what the industry has taken away. Now, Bikram, um, so what do you see as the industry strategy regarding these, these innovations that, that, that were utilized during that time, pain, time frame? Thank you, John. Thanks for having me here on the podcast today. If you look at all of the technologies that have been deployed by asset managers or hedge funds, you know, they broadly, let's say, let's call the broader definition, you know, digital transformation. Now it takes, you know, shape in many different flavor, you know, sort of different forms. Uh, Digital transformation means different things to different people, right? So let's get the definition right first. You know, it's basically a combination of things that hedge funds and asset managers are doing on the front office side of the fence, middle office, back office, investor reporting, uh, reporting to the regulators, and doing things in a very, very automated way, both internally and in terms of how they sort of relay the data externally. So the digital transformation bucket itself has, you know, a lot of uh, uh, flavors within it. Now, different aspects of this, uh, you know, the the digital, uh, you know, the digital transformation bucket sort of have taken off a life of, of their own. And what I mean by that is, if you look at the amount of money that has been spent to make sure that the that the research folks, the trading folks, and anybody who's on the front office side of the fence is able to do their job effectively, we can all agree there's a big focus around that. A lot of money has been spent there. Equally importantly, a lot of the money is now getting spent on the other side of the fence, which is to making sure that after the trade is booked, after it's been executed on the middle office side, on the back office side, that there is a seamless flow of data. And all of this sort of happens in a way that even though people are sitting in multiple locations, you know, exchanging data, uh, you know, through multiple different formats, through multiple different types throughout the day, all of that sort of becomes seamless. The embrace, whether it is, you know, moving towards a cloud-based model, whether it is automating your data lifecycle, you know, whether it has to do with, you know, aligning aligning the whole, uh, you know, the account opening process to the 
investor reporting process. All of those are sort of things that fall within the digital bucket. All of them have been embraced wholeheartedly. And going forward, the the big differentiator between funds that do really well and the funds that sort of provide subpar or, you know, returns is all going to be how quickly does that digital embrace really happen and how strongly does it happen? That's interesting. And, and, and what and what role does the ecosystem play in this? A, a lot of the a lot of the technology innovations that have taken place over the last five, 10 years have come from the, you know, the administrators, the technology companies like yourself and and, and others that, that are supportive of the industry. How, how do you how do you see their role going forward? Look, if you look at what the administrators do, they are taking somebody else's headaches and trying to do it better, faster, and cheaper. By definition, that is the role of an administrator. And in order to do that better, faster, and cheaper, they need to deploy technology. They need to make sure that they are automating the business processes. And by and large, even though you know there has been a big thrust around digitizing your workforce, digitizing operations, the reality of the matter is majority of the investments are still spent on just keeping the lights on very little money is actually getting utilized for innovation. So as a result, what is happening is, despite the headlines that we all read about, that, you know, whether it is the administrators or the banks or custodians, that they're spending X, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in technology to upgrade themselves and sort of become better, majority of the money is still spent just keeping the lights on. And that doesn't really sort of move the needle as much as it should. So that's number one. Number two, oftentimes, when these administrators go around implementing, you know, automated processes, they end up stitching together multiple different systems, multiple, and they start aligning multiple different business processes. And what you still end up getting is a hodgepodge of things that all it does is it makes, it gives it the veneer of automation. It gives the veneer of digitization. But the reality is the, you know, when the rubber hits the road, there is still a lot of room for improvement. Having multiple systems, multiple business processes, especially when your teams are spread across the world, getting it all done, meeting your clients' SLAs, it's not an easy job. So there's a big room for opportunity. And that's where I think a lot of the time and attention for these asset man- asset servicing firms and these hedge funds, uh, you know, that's where they're going to spend a lot of time going forward. So so the investments are, are both made at the hedge fund themselves as well as the ecosystem is sort of a collaboration of that are there any investments relative to let's say the front office that are still proprietary and critical uh, and technology innovations that are taking place there that will continue i think a lot of the innovations that have been happening around let's say the the decision making you know sort of side of the fence where portfolio managers are deciding you know, what strategies to deploy, how to deploy it, when to deploy it. There has been, you know, there has been a lot of commoditization around that in terms of, you know, how you can get data, you know, in in sort of the most uh, intelligent way to make those decisions, how quickly is it available, and integrating that with your models to make those decisions. All All of that has been going on for quite some time. What is happening now is a convergence. The convergence of your front office with your middle and back office that is a trend that is really accelerating going forward. Doing a trade by itself doesn't mean anything if it's not going to settle. Putting on a hedge doesn't mean anything if you don't have all the data points to put on an intelligent hedge. So therefore, this convergence that is going on going forward is extremely important. And that's where the investment dollars, as much as they used to historically go on the front office side of the fence, 
because this convergence is happening, those dollars are sort of getting a little bit more distributed evenly across, you know, what I call the post life cycle business processes. Mm-hmm. And does this enable the hedge fund industry to achieve scale? Because I think achieving scale, as opposed to recreating the same operating model across a thousand different hedge funds, has always been a difficulty for the industry. So let's look at it both from the hedge fund side and then the you know the hedge fund administrator side. Scale for a hedge fund really comes down to it's a it's a function of leverage. It's a function of having the infrastructure to be able to put in the type of you know let's say trades and put in the type of hedges that they want to put in. So you can have the best front you know sort of OMS PMS EMS system out there, but in order to scale, you also need to sort of make sure that the volume that you're going to pump out as a result of your trading decisions can actually be handled with your internal infrastructure. So what that means is that by definition, you need to make sure that the other aspects of your tech stack within the hedge fund are able to match the type of decisions or the type of outputs that are going to be coming in from the front office side of the fence. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, money. There's a lot of focus that's being put on to making sure that the tech stacks are modern, that they are modular, that they're easy to integrate with, and they're also easy to sort of, you know, expose out to the ecosystem because you ultimately need to be able to relay the data outwards and receive the data back in. So that scale is going to come from making sure the tech stack is modern, your business processes are aligned in a way so that the front office, middle office, back office kind of are all singing, not just from the same page of the book, but also from the same sentence of the same word, so to say, right? That has to happen. Right. On the administrative side of the fence, scale historically used to come by throwing bodies, hire more bodies in low-cost offshore locations, and that is how you could sort of service more hedge funds and more asset managers. That model, if the pandemic has proven one thing, that that model is a broken model. The reason is, one, there has been a lot of wage inflation in these low-cost offshore locations for these administrators where they're having a hard time hanging on to you know, mission-critical staff, number one. Number two, they have been acquiring a lot of other firms as they're building up the assets under administration. So there's a hodgepodge of technologies and systems and putting it all together intelligently hasn't really worked out as people would have expected. The top line looks good, but when you really drill down to the, you know, the economics of those deals and whether or not they've really sort of panned out the way people thought, sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of a gap there. (laughs) And then the third part, which is very important, is that the administrators, again, fall into this trap of, you know, digitization, right? They think they're digitizing their workforce, they're digitizing the way they operate. But when you really sort of peel the onion and really get under the hood, you will still see the majority of work is still done on spreadsheets and done manually. What is the point of spending all this money on technology when 60, 70% of your operating operation staff is still using Excel spreadsheet in, in this day and age? But that is the reality that they are faced with. And increasingly, they are waking up to the reality, you know, the fact that you have to figure out a way to do more with less. Doing more with less means making sure you have intelligent, you have an intelligent operating model, the right alignment from the C-suite to the people on the ground who are actually executing those strategies, and then making sure that it is well understood that just by bringing in these technologies and infusing it and buying licenses alone is not going to do anything. You've got to make sure that you are defining the model first and then plugging in these best of breed technologies. You can bring 
a machine learning model, but if you don't know how to use it and you don't have the data that has been tagged the right way, there's no point to any of this. Thank you, Bikram. Let's let's pivot to just one last question here, um, Paul. Let me get back to you. Uh, obviously, on the on the on everyone's minds right now, some of the recent geopolitical events. Um, sort of, what steps do you think the industry is taking against the escalating cyber attacks and um, and you know how has maybe even some of the promulgation by the SEC impacted that as well? Sure, John. Um, you know, I, I think what we've all realized really is that the the escalation of these cyber attacks uh, it's it's not going anywhere moving forward. So, uh, I guess the good from that um, is that the industry really has uh, shifted focus to, to mitigate that risk of, of these cyber attacks. Uh, the remote working environment really provided a great opportunity for funds to pivot and focus some of their efforts on the endpoint security if that's not something that they had already done. Um, what that with that said, there really is still uh, a lot of work to be done. Uh, and we're seeing an increase in personnel training, uh, the heightened ability to identify attacks, um, which are which are great trends for the industry as well. Uh, the key, the, the really the key points highlighted in the proposed SEC rules uh, revolve around creating and maintaining cybersecurity risk management policies uh, and the reporting and disclosure of these incidents. Um, in, in, a, in, in through discussions, I, I think this is going to play a large role in a fund's ability to raise capital and, and market themselves moving forward. Clearly on the on the minds of everyone right now. A Bikram, final thoughts on cyber um, security? I think you know what used to be somewhat optional to make sure that your data is secure and you have you know robust infrastructure is not an option anymore. It is a must-have condition for any hedge fund or any asset manager worth their salt to succeed going forward. Uh, what used to be, you know, once in a while events, you know, once in a decade breaches like a solar winds or a colonial pipeline or a Vercada, those have become, you know, more common. They right. become more frequent. And so as a result, given where we are in, you know, in this day and age and with all the stuff that is going around across the world, you cannot be, uh, you cannot be, you know, cautious enough. You cannot be prepared enough. And in fact, you don't, you don't not necessarily, you just, have to get into this mindset that whenever a DDQ comes in, you're not just giving an answer for the sake of, you know, just passing that tick mark. You really, really need to think through it because this is not just about, you know, a tick the box exercise anymore. If you yeah, don't make, make, sure you, it work, make sure it works, <laughs> make sure it works yeah. and check it and verify it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Paul and, and Bikram, thanks for joining us today. And uh, listeners, thank you for listening to us. We, we hope this discussion provoked, uh, some thought and some insight and we want to continue to hear from you so if you have questions about this topic or, or other topics in this series please reach out to me paul or bikram thank you very much thank you thank you john thanks for listening to talking asset management with kpmg be sure to subscribe to this series and visit read.kpmg.us forward slash talking dash asset dash management for more information